0: How are doing? Oh, now. We're doing. Now it's on. Yep. Okay. Hello. Again. And welcome to Hot Rod Bible Study. I don't know if we what happened, but anyway, we were having a little issue. Looks like we're on now, and we are again in Matthew chapter 17. And it, uh, unlike last week, where I advertised we were going to be and we weren't, but anyway, so looking forward to it. Uh back in Chino Valley, Arizona, had a fine trip to Montana and back. Uh, I was able to avail myself of some really great hospitality. So it was great. Now, with that, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that we get to be here this evening. We thank you for your word that you've given to us. We thank you mostly for your love and your Concern for us and everything we do, Lord, please open our hearts and our minds to Your Word. And in this, Lord, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. All right, now again, Matthew chapter seventeen, beginning. Sure, beginning at the first verse, where it says, Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, his clothes became as white as light, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared with him, taking uh, talking with him. Then... Peter answered and said to Jesus, "Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make 3 let us make 3 tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." While he was still speaking, behold a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him." And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Television to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered them and answered and said to them, indeed Elijah is coming first and will restore all things, but I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise the son of man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not care him. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a, as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed in the hands of men, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. When they had come to Capernaum, whose those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when they had come to the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their, their, from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Peter said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, Go to the sea, cast in a hook, take out the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. That take that and give it to them for me and you. Okay, we seem to be having. We doing okay? Okay, can you? Nobody's coming up on your screen here. Usually they do. Okay. I'm not. It's not coming up on my Facebook. Oh. I don't know. Does it say that it's going? Yeah, it says live, but there's there's no no response. Yeah, no, Floyd just came out. So. Okay, okay, we're we're just worried. We're have, again, you know, we've had so many technical difficulties. We're just making sure everything's okay. Excuse me for for uh, checking out the 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 producers here, or just making sure that everything's going good, outstanding. So here we are now, back to the study. Chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Okay, Peter, known as the rock. uh, James and John, they were the sons of Zebedee, also known as the sons of thunder. uh, Because of, you can just imagine, because of their personality. Uh, James and Peter... And John were, were partners in, uh, the fishing business. Okay. And it said, led them up on a high mountain. Now, the location of this high mountain has been debated for centuries. There isn't any, uh, definitive word on it that I could find. So we're not going to settle that tonight, but it is a high mountain. Verse two. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Okay, transfigured. Uh, The Greek word, of course, is metamorpho, which we get the English word metaphorsis. Metamorphos. (laughs) Sure, I can pronounce it. Um, But notice, it says, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. He was not changed into another being, but he was shown, shown bright as light. Okay. He didn't become a different being. Verse three goes on to say, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Okay, Moses uh, representing the law 1,400 years prior to this. Elijah representing the prophets 900 years prior to this. But here we have Jesus who was before. There was time before it's again, uh, he was and is and is to come. And what he then does is he becomes a combination of the law and the prophets. OK, since he was there before them. And here we have the law, we have the prophets and we have God incarnate. Now, this is great. Peter answered and said, to Jesus. Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, which are shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now again, our friend Peter has uh, opened his mouth before engaging brain. Uh, But I have to say, more than likely, he was a bit scared. I think I would be scared to see Jesus again transfigured and then also seeing Moses and Elijah. Wait a minute. These guys, again, gone 1,400 years and 900 years respectively before. So you can just imagine this. Uh, But what he was doing, he was pretty much placing Jesus the same level as Moses, And Elijah, the God of the universe, being on the same level as the man representing the law and the man representing the prophets, not the case. However, listen to what happened. Verse 5, it says, while he, Peter, was speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, this is my beloved son, who is above all, right, in whom I am well pleased. We've heard these words before. Remember, when Jesus was baptized, the same thing happened. That Here's what he says after this is, hear him. Two words, hear him. Don't be listening to anything else. And don't place him on a par again with the law and the prophets. So when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Interesting they didn't fall on their faces and or be greatly afraid when they saw Moses and Elijah They were just nervous, again, afraid but not falling on their face, scared witless type of deal, okay? Uh, but they did so in the presence of the Father. There's, there is the power. But, in verse 7, Jesus came and touched them. You know, have you ever, the, the power of a, of a gentle touch, um, uh, quite honestly, it brings a sense of peace. I don't know if you've experienced it. I have had that when in certain situation and having someone place their hand on me, reassuring me, uh, probably more so as a child, have had it as an adult too. So you can imagine Jesus touching you. Can you, you imagine his touch? How that would, again, uh, bring you a sense of peace. And he says, arise and do not be afraid. You know, there's a lot of times when, when in the presence of God, generally that's what it says is, don't be afraid. You know, like when the, actually when the angels came to the shepherds when, when, uh, the, the night of Jesus' birth and said, don't be afraid. <laughs> you would be seeing those guys. I think I'd be pretty afraid. But Jesus says, rise, do not be afraid. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Looking the same. Now, Spurgeon puts it this way. Looking as he did before the transfiguration. And he, meaning Jesus, being sufficient enough for time and for eternity. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty heavy way to look at that. Now, 9 goes on to say, Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell this vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And what does this transfiguration do? This fulfills what Jesus had to say in chapter 16, verse 28. Assuredly, I see you there are some here standing who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. They saw Jesus transfigured. So that throws away that whole deal where people say, well, wait a minute. These guys died, and Jesus hasn't come back. No, this this is the deal. He is transfigured. Now, verse 10, and his disciples said to him, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Well, let's see what, what Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, has to say about that. Malachi verse, chapter 4, verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before coming before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord he will return the hearts of the fathers to he will re, he will turn pardon me he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lest i come and strike the earth, earth with a curse okay talking about elijah coming now what does jesus have to say about this well jesus answers him says yes indeed elijah is coming First, and we restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come. And I say, oh, well, wait a minute. We just saw him in the transfiguration. Only, only three of them remember, not all the disciples. I say to you that Elijah has come already. And here's the key. They did not know him. Just as these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and leaders of the church, of the, of the synagogue, I should say, uh, just as they did not recognize Jesus as Messiah. They did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Remember what happened to John the Baptist. He was beheaded. Now, likewise, a son of man is also to suffer at their hands of the chief priests and the scribes. You know, Jesus point blank is saying, hey, I'm I'm going to be put to death as John was. Verse 13, they'd say, Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. It took a little bit here that, okay, all right, okay, John the Baptist is Elijah Come in. Okay, now, here's a comparison. Elijah was noted as being full of zeal for God, and so was John the Baptist. Elijah spoke boldly rebuke. Rebuked sin in high places, as did John the Baptist. Remember, that's what got John the Baptist got his head cut off as rebuking Herod and having his brother's wife—not a good deal. Elijah called sinners and compromisers, compromisers to a decision of repentance. So did John the Baptist. Remember that word, compromisers. We cannot be compromising in our. Faith. Elijah attracted multitudes in his ministry. So did John the Baptist. Elijah attracted the attention and fury of a king and his wife. Yeah. So did John the Baptist. Elijah was an austere man. So was John the Baptist. Back to the uh, fury of the king and his wife. That's that's Ahab and 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 Jezebel. And remember, Jezebel uh, really brought Baal worship into the into Israel. And boy, she was. After the, after uh, Elijah took out the prophets of Baal, she was after Elijah to take him out. Now, back to it. Elijah fled to the wilderness. John the Baptist also lived there. Elijah lived in a corrupt time and was used to restore failing spiritual life. Same thing of John the Baptist. What did he do? He preached repentance. Okay? Repentance. Something that we need to think about for our own selves. Okay. Verse 14. And now they had come to the multitude. This is a continuing theme throughout Mark, Matthew here. We keep hearing Jesus being uh, there with the multitudes. And the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him. This is a posture of worship, okay? Which is, we need to be in a posture of worship, whatever that means. Not take it lightly, okay? Kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, Please have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answers it, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the da- demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour, Mark goes into this a little bit in more of detail. Remember, this is something I, I wanted to uh, be sure to uh, mention here is scripture interprets scripture. If you have something in scripture, you know, they got these neat things called concordances in the middle of it where they show where it's also in a different, uh, different. that's a neat thing that we have about modern Bibles, modern scripture. We have all these tools that we can use. So you look up, you know, verse 20, and it says it coincides with over here. It's just really great. But here we are in Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to read 10 verses. So bear with me if you would, it says, and then he came to the disciples. He saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing about with him?" And one of the crowd answered the teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they could not cast it out. And and that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, "O faithless generation! Here we go. How long shall I be with you?" And he's speaking to the speaking to the guy whose son's got this going on. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then he brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed. He fell on the ground and wallowed and foamed at the mouth. So he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Which is kind of interesting. And he replied from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on him. If you can, I like that. Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, and this is really what I wanted to get to, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I think we can all say that during some time or another in our lives. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Okay, now, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast him out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And Guzik puts it this way, to be successful in the battle against demons, one must trust in the Lord God who has complete authority over the demonic. This is a trust issue. That's what he's talking about, belief. Trust that this is going to happen. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have the faith as a mustard seed. Remember, it's about 80 thousandths in diameter, really small. You will say this to a mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, again, showing our reliance on God and not ourselves. This is what the, the disciples were having issues with. They relied on themselves too much. They weren't relying on God. Same thing can happen with us. Now, we rely on ourselves to try and get ourselves out of issues. We pray and we think God's not answering our prayers. He is. The worst one is that we seem to be going through a lot of is wait. But that's it. He's doing a work in you. Now, remember to trust in him. Verse 22. Now, while they were staying in Galilee back in Jewish territory. The son, uh, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. This, he is reminding them of what he talked to them back in chapter 16. Remember, Peter was saying, Oh, Lord, that will never happen. <laughs> and, and Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. You know, you got the thoughts of man, not of God on yourself. Okay, now, verse 24. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Now, I got some interesting facts about the temple tax. You might like this. It was, however, also a matter of controversies as the Sadducees disapproved of the tax and certain men paid it only once in a lifetime. Payment could be made in person at the Passover festival in, in Jerusalem, but collections were made in other areas of Palestine and abroad a month earlier. This incident, therefore, takes place about a month before the Passover. We're looking at what's, what's happening with Jesus here. After 70 AD, the temple tax was... Just the, well, pardon me. After 70 AD, when the temple was destroyed, okay... The, the Romans diverted this temple tax to the, the temple of Jupiter in Rome, after which it ceased to be a matter of patriotism and became another symbol of their subject, subjection to a pagan power. So here the Jews were paying the temple tax. temple gets wiped out, and the Romans make them pay it to a temple of Jupiter. Hmm. Okay. Now, so... They they ask him this, and what does Peter say? He said, yes. I'm attending to speak to Jesus about this a little bit later. Well, what happens? Well, when he comes in the house, Jesus anticipated what he was going to say. And what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons or from strangers? And Peter said to him, from strangers. And again, the rabbis were exempt from the temple taxes. Okay, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Jesus is referring to himself, obviously, as the Son of God, and us, us, as adopted sons and daughters in Jesus. Okay. What What does he go on to say, though? Nevertheless, 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 lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes out first. Now, because of offending him, the use of the Greek word skandalism, that's probably not the way you pronounce it, but it looks German to me, uh, leads Barclay to write, Therefore, Jesus is saying we must pay so as not to set a bad example to others. We must not only do our duty, but we must go beyond duty in order that we may show others what they ought to do. That goes back to not doing something in front of somebody that will cause them to sin, but to go the extra mile. It's not, it's not uh nowhere in the Bible says thou shalt not drink. Does say shouldn't get drunk. Doesn't say thou shalt not drink. But if you're around somebody who has a problem with drinking, maybe you ought not do that. You know? That's that's the kind of thing if it causes your brother to sin, you ought not do it. If it's not a problem for you. Okay. Now The cast in the hook. Now, remember, Peter was a commercial fisherman and that they used big nets. They didn't go out there with their little spinning reel and a single hook. So really what this is doing, too, is humbling Peter to cast out this hook. Okay. And to take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened his mouth, you will find a piece of money. Now, the Greek word for this is stater which is the exact tax for two people. And what does Jesus say? Take that and give it to them for me and for you. Jesus does not put on any emphasis, put any emphasis on money. What did he say? Well, I guess we got to pay it. Well, we go back to, remember the um, Pharisees were trying to to catch Jesus off guard by asking, okay, is it right to pay caesar tax you know and so jesus says well let's take a look at a coin whose face is on it well, it's caesar's well give to caesar what's caesar's he he didn't he placed no emphasis on money but what did these religious leaders do the scribes and the chief priests and the pharisees and the sadducees they placed a lot of focus on money uh, what does that say for us that says for us, in my humble opinion, is that if you get into a fellowship that that's what their focus is on, saying that you'll be blessed if you give this money to this ministry or something like that. Man, I I I beware. I would beware. I know that uh, I know that Billy Graham mentioned something about never asking for money, uh, and I kind of gotta go along with that. It's not to say that those who are in ministry don't deserve uh, their their fair share. You know, they don't need to be, don't deserve to be supported. But if that's what the focus is on, the focus is on the wrong thing. The focus should be on Jesus. Okay, now I hope that clears up the uh, issue from chapter 16 where Jesus said, there will be those of you who do not die before they see uh, Jesus, you know, the Lord coming in his kingdom, which he did show Him there. Um, I guess this is really an opportune time for questions, comments or smart aleck remarks. I'm sorry for the seemingly goofy things going on with the uh, with the uh, broadcast this evening. I hope it continues to go well after we got things ironed out. And I hope that everything is going well in your household. Again, I thank you for your uh, attendance and thank you for being here and listening to some old hot rudder guy do his best to uh, bring the gospel message in a manner in which old hot rudder guys like me can can understand it. And it is my prayer for anybody who is listening, anybody in the sound of my voice, that, uh, that if you have yet to uh, to receive Jesus as your savior to receive the gift that he is giving you. Uh, I pray that your heart is open. I pray that your heart of stone is replaced with a heart, heart of flesh, as it says in Ezekiel 36. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.